Hello stars, this is Luminous Star. Welcome to the channel. All of my current subscribers, mwah, thank you guys and gals so much for supporting me and also keeping me passionate about keeping Luminous Star channel active. If this is your first time visiting, welcome to Luminous Star. Please check the description box below for Yo. further details to today's okay, video. Okay, today's video, we're going to be talking about the identifying patient or an IP within the dysfunctional family run by narcissistic parents and or grandparents. If you should become a part of the star family, please go ahead and click the notification bell while you're at it. That way, whenever I put out new videos and or vlogs, you'll be the first to know. And of course, when I go on live, you can join Okay, us. so what is the identifying patient within the dysfunctional family? This is often the child who was selected, sometimes unconsciously, by the narcissistic parents and or grandparents to be the scapegoat child within the dysfunctional family. So I'm going to be breaking down what IP is within the dysfunctional family run by a narcissistic parent. I'm going to be going a little bit deeper into that. So I want to forewarn everyone, if this is a video that you think is best to sit out on, please check my archives and look at another video that's related to dysfunctional families run by a narcissistic parent or scapegoats, okay? Or scapegoated children within the dysfunctional family run by narcissistic parents. Okay, so I just wanna go ahead and forewarn that some of the information that I'm gonna be sharing in today's video, some viewers may find a little bit Okay, disturbing. so of course I'm gonna be going over a few tools, a few points, and I'm also going to add a few critical questions in today's video. Okay, so having said all that, I wanna thank everyone in advance for his or her time. Stay tuned for the video. First point, often within dysfunctional families headed by narcissistic parents, there is one child who is possibly selected unconsciously to act as a scapegoat in order to serve the interests of their dysfunctional family. Next point, the personality structure of the narcissistic parents and or grandparents are usually the most invalidating to the child who has been selected to play the dysfunctional role of scapegoat, it might not be surprising that these personality structures often clash. Sometimes the child who is selected by the narcissistic parents and or grandparents to be scapegoat, sometimes they're more gifted, if not talented, than the narcissistic parents and or grandparents. Sometimes they're more intuitive, but there's something about the child that really makes him or her stand out from the narcissistic parents and our grandparents. Usually whatever it is about the child that stands out to the narcissistic parents and our grandparents is deemed as a threat to their false self images. Let's move forward. 
The scapegoated child has a personality structure that his or her narcissistic parents find the most challenging to their false self images. The identified patient or IP child is blamed by their narcissistic parents, grandparents, and siblings for any and all family challenges. So anything that the narcissistic parents and or grandparents finds disturbing or unsettling about the family, the child is usually blamed for it. Pardon me, the IP child is usually blamed. And to make matters worse, the narcissistic parents and or grandparents groom their siblings to join in on the blame game, okay? So the child who is tagged to be a scapegoat or the IP child usually has no support in that dysfunctional family. It can be generations of alcoholics, generations of drug users, gamblers, whatever it is that makes the family dysfunctional. Unfortunately, the IP child is blamed for it all. And to make matters worse, there's sibling rivalry that is not average. It's not your typical sibling rivalry because you have the narcissistic parents who are grooming the siblings to bully the IP child. And this doesn't, it doesn't matter if the child, if the IP child is the eldest, the middle child, or the youngest. Doesn't matter. Whoever the IP child is, or the child who has been selected to be the scapegoat in the dysfunctional family, unfortunately, they are blamed for whatever the ills happen to be in the dysfunctional family. Now I'd like to go ahead and share with you all how the narcissistic parents and or grandparents run the dysfunctional family like a cult leader, which alienates the scapegoated child or the IP child even further. For you guys and gals who are current subscribers, thank you so much for your subscription and thank you for motivating me to keep this channel active. If this is your first time visiting Luminous Star, welcome to Luminous Star. And while you're here, why don't you go ahead and hit that subscription button below. All right, and also below, everybody please mind the description box below because the disclaimer is there where it states that today's video is going to have some images and information that some viewers will find disturbing. However, today's video is about narcissistic parents who run the dysfunctional family like a cult leader. So I'm going to get into what thought reforms are and get into a little bit about what cults are. So today's video, again, is about how narcissistic parents run the dysfunctional family like a cult leader. Enjoy the video. Uh, our home, incubator of life. The malignant narcissist has a desire deep down of bringing down other people in a way that they feel brought down. According to Kill Plus Research, people were working inhumane hours, often seven days a week, on the temple's various programs. At the temple itself, members were forced to confess to fabricated crimes for which they would be given vicious beatings. Ex-members asserted even children were being abused in this way. 
According to their descriptions, Jones was a classic cult leader, using spirituality to exert power psychologically and sexually over his cult. Cults share certain defining characteristics. In a cult, leaders recruit members through deceptive techniques that rob them of their identity and individuality. Experts have termed these techniques thought reform. Is a systematic effort which has two stages. One is the breakdown stage with heavy confession and a, a breakdown of one's own psychic integrity. And then there's the second stage, which is re-education, trying to remake a person into a new person. The term brainwashing is a popular term describing what's classically called a thought reform program. And all those terms mean that a person or an organization has put into place a coordinated program of coercive influence and behavior control. See, the word cult refers to the relationship between the followers and the leader, in which the leader is all powerful. And then the way the leaders, as we say in psychology, shape the behavior, make the person adopt the policies and attitudes is done through a thought reform program. Merely puts into place ways to get you to put your own value system aside and make your decisions based on what you know the cult leader wants and will reward. But you're still making decisions, but you're making them in the context of what will keep you from getting in trouble and what will get you rewards within the cult. But brainwashing doesn't make us zombie. Narcissistic parents run the dysfunctional family like a cult leader. Parents who have a narcissistic personality disorder or custody personality are consistently seeking source of supply, which does not exclude his or her own children and other family members. Grooming children who are often seen by the narcissistic parent as a safe victim becomes very tempting and easy to do. Most parents with a cluster personality see his or her children as property to be used as a lifelong source supply. The cluster personality parent having a strong sense of entitlement plays a huge part in him or her proceeding to use their family as a source supply in order to maintain the false self-image. Grooming children. Very often, parents who either have a narcissistic personality disorder or they have a cluster B personality, what often happens is that they will groom their children either to develop a narcissistic personality disorder or a cluster personality, or they're going to groom that child to become a person who grows up to behave codependently. Narcissists have a sixth sense about which child to choose to be a safe victim for their supply. So what the narcissist does is they break that child down more by sexually molesting them. By sexually molesting them. Female narcissists usually have a very strange relationship with their sons while seemingly choosing to uh, their daughters to scapegoat. Okay, so while some female narcissists who have sons 
especially the eldest son. She tends to choose the eldest son to have sexual relationships with, while she seemingly chooses the eldest daughter to scapegoat within a, a dysfunctional family. Very fascinating, very sick and sadistic. This is something that usually happens, though, with female narcissists. Not all, but you will find this. Some female narcissists will sexually molest children for source of supply. Just wanted to point that out. To you, the details of this story are graphic and they are disturbing. Today, we are learning that more charges are likely against the Grant County mother accused of raping her own children and a two-week-old infant she was babysitting live on a webcam. Pamela Ortega told police she performed sex acts on these children. This is the mother now charged with child rape of her own children, accused of performing sex acts on her eight-year-old daughter and six-year-old son, as well as a two-week-old This is one of the reasons why mothers and daughters often are trauma-bonded when there is the uh, issue of the daughter being sexually molested by the sexual partners of her mother. Image. I don't think most people knew him real well, but publicly, if you ask any political leader or social media, they said, yeah, he's a good guy. I didn't know that he was having sex with everybody. It's easy to see now, but you don't think that the leader is, uh, is not. So in the cases of a dysfunctional family headed by one who has a narcissistic personality disorder or who is a cluster B personality, often what is happening is that since the cluster B personality and or narcissist is always scoping for supply, they're always seeking to obtain supply, what better route to obtain supply than their own family, which is more than likely a dysfunctional family. So what's happening is that the predatory nature in the cluster B personality or the narcissistic personality disorder, right, the predatory nature is going to pretty much be at work all the time. So within the dysfunctional family, all types of abuses or various types of abuses is what's going on. And it's usually undetected by the narcissistic personality and their family's communities. So for instance, that, that family may go to church all the time. This is just an example. They may go to church all the time, and other people look at upon that family and have no idea the horrors that are going on behind closed doors. Abuse, denigration, and ridicule and humiliation as a control mechanism in the following way. In the cult, it has become your new family. And your whole status in this new family depends on them liking you and treating you nice. And if the leader keeps making fun and showing that you're a dope and that you just are a bad person, then you're so humiliated all the time. And you're going to keep working, trying to get in his graces and try to get some praise from the other people so that in a rather harmful way, it's used as a motivator. It's not a health-producing, mental health-producing motivator. But within those tight, controlled confines, it's used to show the leader is so pure, so above it all, so powerful, and you are this lowly follower. Are to carry the burdens, misfortunes, the ills 
the consequences for all wickedness and poor choices of other family members within the dysfunctional families. Now, guys, that's, I don't know about you, but I say that is a very tall order, and it is a very wicked and satanic order. That is a horrific thing, to say the least, to put upon any child. However, it is my opinion, folks, that this is one of the main reasons why a certain child is pinpointed to be scapegoated within a dysfunctional family. It is so they can carry all the burdens, everything that is unpleasant within the family. And I don't care if we're going back generations, that one child is to carry it all. Now, I think this is satanic. The purpose of this is to cleanse the group as a whole by sacrificing the scapegoat. This is seen within the dysfunctional family headed by the narcissist as a righteous, guys, pinpoint that word righteous, because I'm going to make a point about that, as a righteous thing to do, while also possibly obtaining a life of narcissistic supply. It is perhaps from the perspective of the dysfunctional family that the scapegoat is not an individual who possesses a heart, a mind, a spirit, a higher consciousness, or even a soul. The scapegoat is devalued within the dysfunctional family. So basically, guys, what we have here is the child who was pinpointed, unfortunately, to be the scapegoat. Not only are they devalued, but within that devaluation, they are demonized by other family members within the dysfunctional family. And this is headed by the narcissistic parent. If you haven't seen that movie, Carrie, you know, you might want to check it out. Because the, the uh, character, Carrie, had a mom who was very religious. She was always holding a cross in her hand, always, you know, talking about she was going to pray for her daughter, Carrie. Now, I want to go back to that point that I made here about, uh, the, you know, the narcissist as the head of the family is seeing this scapegoating thing as a righteous thing to do. This is why I'm bringing up that movie, Carrie. Because if you guys who have seen that movie Carrie, remember how the mom was always accusing her daughter Carrie of having a demon inside of her, of being possessed by the devil? Carrie was seen as, actually, her, Carrie was demonized by her mom, which in my opinion, her mom was a narcissist. Now, it's amazing how a lot of narcissists, they are very religious. They go to church faithfully. But this is to get narcissistic supply. This is what some of us have, have come to know. So I wanted, really wanted you guys to pinpoint on that word righteous because this is how some of the narcissistic parents, they think when they pinpoint and scapegoat a particular child, that child is seen as evil, as bad, as the worst of the worst, as the worst not only within the narcissist but within that dysfunctional family. It is that particular child that the narcissist parent thinks makes the family dysfunctional. This is what makes the family sick. This is what makes the family ill. This is what's wrong with the family. It is the child who was scapegoated. In the mind of the narcissist, in the eyes of the narcissist, they think it is that scapegoated child who is the problem. I hope this is clear to you all who are looking at this. And again, for all of you 
who have been scapegoated in your family, my heart goes out. What happens in a dysfunctional family is that usually a particular child, okay, is chosen to be scapegoated. And what's interesting is that child is usually psychologically, uh, not necessarily physically, psychologically, okay, spiritually and emotionally, the strongest and the healthiest of the whole bunch. Very interesting. Because when you think about it, the narcissist, they have to feed off of others, right? They're not going to pick the sickliest or the weakest in the, the, in the uh, whole dynamic or in the whole group. They're going to choose the strongest to feed off of because they get more supply that way. Now, with the scapegoated child, they may seemingly sometimes feel like, okay, or, you know, that they're seemingly chasing ghosts and chasing phantoms, but orchestrating phantoms is when the narcissistic family member, particularly the parents, okay, who have the cosmic personality, they are orchestrating the entire dysfunctional family, whereas really no one is relating to anyone else. There's not a real relationship. So the scapegoated child looks around and it's like everybody's a phantom, everybody's a ghost. There's not a real connection. The scapegoat is actually being not only targeted, but they're being tormented on a psychological and an emotional and a spiritual level that onlookers find it very hard to detect. That's because the narcissist sets it up that way. Characteristics of cults, unclear expectations, bottom line is never clear. The desires, needs, expectations, and well-being of the cult leader is priority. Thought reform programs, deception, hidden agendas, destabilization, controlled environment, and thinking time. Dependency and dread, creating a sense of fear powerlessness, and anxiety, disconnection, suppressing old attitudes and behavioral patterns, development of pseudo-personality of the cult, acting out new behaviors and attitudes, denial and dedication, restricting criticism while maintaining a limited system of logic. Cult inducement techniques 
voice tones and voice control, praise and punishment, all or nothing mentality and language, such as us against them, interrupted sleep patterns, certain repeated words and phrases, mixed messages to invoke fear, uncertainty, and hopelessness. Now, some of the cult inducement techniques, as well as the uh, cult characteristics, some of us are already recognizing. Some of these things go on within a dysfunctional family headed by narcissistic parents and our grandparents, uh, such as some of the diabolical tactics that the narcissistic parents engage in in order to obtain the narcissistic supply. Tool number one, increase your research on the topic of identified patient or IP within the dysfunctional families. Tool number two, keep a journal. Tool number three, take steps to become more accustomed to existing as a person who no longer invests in dysfunctional relationships. Critical questions. Critical question number one. Do you feel and or think that you are betraying your family by thriving forward? If so, why? If not, why not? Critical question number two. How much support are you currently receiving from your loved ones? If you are receiving support, is it satisfactory? Third and final critical question. How comfortable are you expressing how you feel and what you think? Do you know what you feel and or think? References and resources. In the description box below, you will find the references and resources. I'm Luminous Star. I want to thank everyone for joining me today or tonight. And of course, wherever you are right now, I wish you the very best love possible. Until next time, stay tuned for more vlogs and stay tuned for more videos.